0: Welcome to the Off the Crutch podcast, your home for disability-related topics from a disabled perspective. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off the Crutch. Today's guest on the podcast is Chelsea Bear. Chelsea is from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Like all my guests this month, she also has cerebral palsy. Chelsea uses her social media platforms to share what it's like to live with a physical disability. She has a lot of great tips for social media growth and how to stay optimistic in tough times. So, let's hear what she has to say. So today, I have my last guest for CP Awareness Month. She is Chelsea Bear. How are you doing today, Chelsea?
1: I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me on.
0: So Chelsea, you also have cerebral palsy, which is why you're on. Why don't you share a little bit about your CP diagnosis?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was diagnosed at the age of three um, with cerebral palsy, um, specifically spastic diplegia. So it impacts my legs um, primarily and and my uh, mobility and and how I walk and when describing it to somebody who I don't know or in person, you know, I, I say that I can walk independently. Um, you know, I do have to kind of touch surfaces for balance every now and then. Uh, but for long distances, I typically use a scooter, um, you know, to, for, for long distances or events.
0: I've seen pictures of you using your scooter on social media. Have you ever used crutches or wheelchair?
1: Yes. Um, So I have all of the above plus a walker. Um, So when I was little, um, you know, a toddler, I would use a walker, um, also crutches. And then when I started to go to elementary school and really throughout the end of high school, I would use a a walker in school, Um, but around the home, never really too consistently. And then once and that was really just for walking around the hallways, carrying my backpack, you know, balance and and stuff like that. Um, I did use a wheelchair for times where now I would use my scooter, you know, for example, going to a theme park like Disney World or the mall. You know, I, I did have a wheelchair that my family would push me around in. And then when I kind of got old enough to use a scooter, that's where that transition happened. Um, and I started using the scooter for like a theme park or, you know, the the longer distances. And then my walker occasionally, uh, when I went away to college, I switched more to using the scooter more often just because it was, I was living on campus and there was a lot of walking involved. So I thought, you know, with the walker, it would be a little too much for me. And, and that's why I started, you know, using the scooter a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you were in college in that whole that time period, was it a linear process where you knew what you wanted to major in, you graduated from college, and then you went right to a job?
1: Um, I can't necessarily say I knew what I wanted to major in. Um, I actually, when I was applying to school, somebody told me, pick a major, even though I was undecided, because they said it would increase my chances of being accepted. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, But I I selected communication just because it kind of, you know, covers all bases. Um, So I took the gen ed ed classes the first two years, started to take some communications classes and ended up loving it. Um, So I somehow never changed my major once, even though I kind of just picked it um, without a strategy going in. Um, And then for me personally, you know, I at my university, Florida Gulf Coast University, Um, We had different tracks within the communication program. So I started taking uh, a public relations class and without knowing it, I really loved it. And then I kind of just stuck with that kind of specific track. And then, yeah, I, I got an internship my senior year of college Ended up loving it, learned so much hands-on, hands and and then they offered me a, a full-time position right before I graduated. So, in a sense, it kind of just flowed in that way, um, but it wasn't kind of the, the plan, but it, it worked out.
0: That's great. And so, did you ever face any adversity as you were trying to find an internship or a job because of your disability?
1: Surprisingly, no, um, at least not to my face, I would say, <laughs> um, you know, I think when I was applying for internships and even, you know, jobs, because that was my, my first job right out of college. But I, I went on to another um, company and, you know, obviously went through that interview process there. But I can say, like, I definitely feel that I've been denied from positions or advancing in the interview Um, you know, because you really, I think because of my disability, but without anybody blatantly saying that, um, you know, I, I think it also had to do with, um, yeah, I, I don't have like a specific experience where somebody told me, you know, like you don't have the physical capabilities for this job. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my career in communication is a lot of, you know, it's, it, there isn't that big physical component in it, um, mm-hmm. which I think has been beneficial in that way. But yeah, nothing, nothing blatantly told to me.
0: That's great. I'm really happy that you've been able to pursue your interests and get a, a job, because I'm sure you know that it's very difficult. It can be difficult for somebody with a disability to get employed. So mm-hmm. that's very great. Now, um, I post a lot of my podcast stuff on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and very recently I posted something on my Instagram story about not having enough followers to share links to stories that I wanted to share to people. And I thought that it was a thousand followers that you needed, but then my friend let me know there was actually 10,000 and so when I look at your profile, you have 98,000 followers, but it wasn't always like that, right?
1: Right. Yes. Um, it's, do you want me to talk a little bit yeah, about that journey? please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's still pretty fresh and new to me, Um. you know, to be candid. I, you know, I, I think it was back in October of, you know, 2020. So very recently, you know, we're at the end of March right now. Um, so, in October, I was only at 1,500 followers. Um, so, my my platform has really had some explosive growth over the past few months. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of catching up with it and, and trying to figure out how to navigate it. But it's been an incredible experience that I'm, I'm very grateful for. Um, and, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how did your account grow? What advice do you have to you know, for their account to grow and stuff like that. And I think it, it comes down to, for me, I attribute it to the fact of just being vulnerable and comfortable with myself so much that, you know, when you're opening yourself up online, especially in a category like this, that it is kind of predominantly known as being uncomfortable conversations, people in society aren't accepting to it. And you're putting yourself out there and you don't know who's going to see it and how they will react, where you're going to get negative comments, you're going to get, you know, trolls. Um, But I, I came to a point within myself that I kind of accepted that negative things would be coming my way, but I don't let it impact me, which has kind of helped me continue to share my story without having that fear of what the response will be. Um, and then just, just being consistent, you know, I attribute the growth to posting consistently and the pandemic has given me in a sense, some extra downtime that I've been able to dedicate, um, to my online platforms where before, you know, after a long day at work, I'd maybe go to happy hour with a friend or I'd meet up with my family where, especially at the beginning, it was after working from home all day in the evening, I wouldn't really have anything to do. So I was able to to dedicate more time to consistently posting. And in a way that feels natural to me, you know, I'm never trying to mold my account to do what I think the people want. It's really, you know, if if I'm passionate about something that day, and I need to get it off my chest, or I want to share, that's what I do. Um, And I think just like going back to the values and why um, you know i'm I'm sharing my story and doing stuff like that kind of keeps me going. but in a way that I hope is coming across as, you know, not promotional, not salesy, um, really just in a, a genuine way of of sharing my story in hopes of kind of shifting perspectives about people with disabilities.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Have you gotten any sponsorships or any companies that wanted to partner with you because of your account?
1: Yeah, um, I've, I've been in talks with a few. Um, so one of them I work with right now is Aerie, um, kind of the, the sister brand of American Eagle. Um, you know, they are kind of like a, a more relaxed fit um, loungewear workout gear stuff, or, you know, workout um, outfits, stuff like that. Um, and, and they honestly approached me back when I had 1500 followers. So, you know, it, it, it was at the, the very beginning of me kind of being vulnerable online. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been working with them, um, for the past, I think since last summer. So it's, it's been quite a few months at this point. Um, and, and there's been a few other ones that have approached me. So it's, you know, I, I just always want to make sure that if I am choosing to work with a, a brand, that it's aligned with what I'm already posting. Um, and, you know, Aerie is a great example of that because they're a brand that promotes inclusivity, um, you know, as somebody that works with them as a brand ambassador, they encourage me to to share my real life stories and and not, you know, edit, like, you know, I, I had to take a pledge where I'm not editing my pictures you know, this is the real me. So it, it kind of aligned already. And, and that's what made me decide to work with them. And, and I kind of have that standard for all of my other partnerships that are to come. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. that's
0: wonderful. How do you think your work with social media has helped raise uh, disability awareness in the community that you have?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, I say all the time, I'm like, I'm very humble that, like you said earlier, I'm at, I think, 98,000 followers and I'm humble that that many people are open to hearing the messages that I'm putting out. Um, Cause you know, what kind of made me even start doing this in the first place was it d- conversations around disabilities were always kind of like taboo or shouldn't be talked about or, if they are talked about, it's in this like really serious way of all these issues that need to be changed. But you know, I'm very passionate that conversations around disabilities don't need to be scary. And I feel that at the core that if more people were educated about people with disabilities, if more people were surrounded by people with disabilities, you know, things like bullying or rude remarks um you know would kind of start to decrease just because people are more comfortable with it or have more knowledge around it um so that's kind of been the basis of my you know my my videos my my photos me being vulnerable and sharing and the response has been outstanding Um, not one i ever anticipated getting but even you know, people that reach out to me that are similar in age and they're just like, you know, I've never seen anybody in the world that relates that, you know, that goes through things that I do. And they're, they're seeing that through my account, but vice versa, you know, I'm like, I didn't know that other people were like this either before social media and before kind of like immersing myself into the disability community online in this way. So it's been very mutually beneficial um, you know, I've learned a lot about myself through the people that I've been meeting online, and the the feedback and comments you know have been really humbling and and great to to see consistently, too.
0: What would you say is one of the hardest things about your CP journey?
1: yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, let me think about that. I mean, I think the hardest things it's. Besides coming to terms with how it impacts my life, you know, I think growing up, it was always, I always felt like this is just who I am. It's not changing. And I was kind of just like, okay with it. But at the surface, you know, I never really took that deep dive within and, and identified like, oh, because you have CP, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. And I think the older, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say like the older I've gotten, I I still consider myself somewhat young, but you know, the, the older, as I became an adult, you know, I had these realizations like, wow, some things about this, like actually aren't great. Like it, it does, so to say suck. (laughs) Like there are times where I'm frustrated. Um, and I think the whole journey of being open with myself and having these internal dialogues have been really beneficial to recognize it's okay to have some frustrations um, with my disability. It's okay to have some frustrations with things that I just can't do naturally. Um, but, you know, in that same breath, celebrating the, the ways that I've been able to adapt and, you know, I'm sure you can understand that, that naturally there are some things that at the at the eye may not seem like something we can do, but there's people that are willing to help, there's things we can do to kind of shift how we approach it to get something done. And so it's, it's kind of twofold, but I think overall, it's really just that relationship that I have with my disability. Um, and, and the way I talk about it with myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the flip side, how do you stay positive and motivated with your disability?
1: Yeah, and I I think um, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with what I just spoke about, and my parents did a really great job at kind of making sure I never let my disability hold me back from the things I wanted to accomplish. So I think from a very young age, I really adapted this mentality that my disability doesn't define me or the things that, you know, I want to accomplish. And I, I posted a video about it and as silly as this sounds you know I've always felt the way I walk people are going to look at me anyway um you know I'm sure you get it all the time like people just naturally their eyes go right to you and you know and I, I even with that I say like if I see somebody who has a disability like I'm not immune to looking at them like it's just like natural the way things work but Um, you know, I'm like, people are looking at me anyway, I might as well smile, like back at them. And, you know, as silly as it sounds, I think just like constantly having this like smile on my face has had this kind of greater reaction to myself and the way I've been able to have this like positive outlook on on life. And, you know, my friends call me a serial optimist every time they come to me with a a problem or something i'm i my mind automatically goes to looking at the best possible outcome or the best thing that happened from it um so yeah it's i think it's just over my lifetime of things that i've kind of naturally acquired in my mindset and yeah i guess
0: that's wonderful <laughs> yeah i love <laughs> yeah. that it's really great Thank to you. be an optimist and Um, think about possibilities and not letting your disability get you down in any way. So I applaud you for the mindset that you have and um, the way that you inspire other people. Uh, Last question before uh, we get out of here. What is one misconception that you think people have about CP or about you in general that you've gotten over the years?
1: Yeah, I think as somebody with a physical disability, you know, I think I'm always or we are kind of always working up an uphill battle where I've always felt like I need to go out of my way to prove myself and what I'm capable of only because I do have a physical disability um, where, you know, I, I don't feel that should be the case. You know, I, I think that people should be open to getting to know other people, um, no matter their circumstance. Um, so I think just having, you know, I wish more people had open, more open mindsets, which is kind of the basis of the whole platform I've built, but yeah, whether it be in a relationship or a job or meeting somebody new professionally, personally, whatever it may be, you know, I always kind of felt this pressure of, there the other person is naturally only gonna look at me for my disability, where I have so much more to offer um as as does every person with c p so um you know, I think that's kind of the one thing that I wish people were more receptive to is just seeing past the physical components and opening themselves up to see so much more that we all are
0: great, yeah, I'm in agreement with what what you said. Why don't you plug your social media handles so people can find you and contact you if they have any questions or just want to chat?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, pretty much all social media channels, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. um, And that would be at Bear. And then I do have a blog website as well, which is just ChelseaBear.com. So definitely, um, yeah, give me a follow, uh, reach out if you have any questions or yeah, just want to say hi.
0: Yes, follow Chelsea. We want to get her to 100,000 followers on Instagram by the end of the month.
1: (laughs) No pressure. Yeah, what a way way to round out CP Awareness Month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. I really hope that people will check out your social media and see all the great things that you do in the community, those with CP. Um, So thank you so much.
1: Of course. Thank you again for having me. And, you know, I really enjoy your podcast. So congratulations on all the episodes so far.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Chelsea. I appreciate it. So hope sometime you can come back on soon.
1: Definitely.